the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along the Wednesday edition. Kathy is off again today. She'll be back with us um, probably Friday or so. I'm working on a cold. Uh, I just just the season, just a cold. You ever do you, I think I sneezed, no exaggeration. I'm sitting in my office, it must have been like 10 times in a row. What happens there? <clears throat> anyway, just working on a cold. Uh, I saw this a, uh, a week or so ago. You know, for years, um, Bethany, the uh, Bethany Christian Services, they have appeared on the uh, the airwaves here at Word FM. I mean, many, many decades. Uh, gigantic international adoptions. Now, I saw this, that Bethany has said that they um, they, they announced that after 15,000 international adoptions over its 37-year history – that it's no longer going to be bringing kids into the United States, and instead it's going to focus on supporting children in their home countries. 15,000 international adoptions in 37 years. Bethany said that um, its uh, international adoption accreditation will expire next year, and it will no longer accept new applications. Quote, our decision to phase out international adoption is not a criticism of the program, but a reflection of our desire to serve children in their own communities. That's uh, Christy Gleason. She's the VP for Global Services at Bethany. She continues on. She says, the future of adoption is working with local governments, churches, and social services professionals around the world to recruit and support local families for children and to develop and improve effective, safe, in-country child welfare. End quote. Uh, Bethany, like a, a lot of different international agencies, but uh, specifically Christian, uh, has seen the orphan care landscape shift and uh, certainly uh, evolve over the last couple of decades, particularly um, international adoptions. They, they dropped from th- how many? 30,000 kids were adopted internationally in 2004, 30,000 to just uh, 4,000 in 2018. The, the, uh, the decline, apparently, I think people still want to adopt international children, is not from American families. In fact, um, funding to orphan care ministries uh, has been on the rise. But countries, uh, Russia, Guatemala, Ethiopia, they themselves have um, eliminated international adoption and others are following suit. Of course, everyone's heard horror stories about international adoption, but more often than not, I mean, children are brought into this country and certainly unwanted children more often than not, right? I mean, there's no place for them. If you've ever been to a third world country, you've seen this. Um, I'm, not, I'm not making things up here. This is just the truth. And brought in and given a brand new fresh start of life. It's just fabulous. It's changed families who've wanted a child and a child who's wanted a family for forever and ever. So it's bad news, sad news about international adoption. 
I mean, I don't know if it's bad news. It's sad news because so many childless couples used Bethany and other international adoptions to allow a child to come into the country. However, I mean, you can't argue with, um, look, there's a lot of kids in this country who need families, right? I mean, look at the foster care system right here in Allegheny County. You know what that's like. All the red tape, all the all the time. But, uh, boy, no perfect answer, but uh, uh, some sad news. But hopefully, uh, locally and across the country, we'll take care of uh, the United States kids and see families bright, made whole. And uh, maybe at some point, the um, the foster service will evaporate for lack of uh, clients. That'd be the best of news. Hey, uh, from time to time, we bring in Chris Marshall. Chris Marshall, uh, we always call his segment "Ask the Pastor." He's one. Of, he's a rare individual. Chris Marshall is. Uh, like a lot of pastors, he's got very deep and wide theological, biblical knowledge. Uh, but to me, Chris is one of those guys who his humility uh, allows him to be here. And because if people call up, and some people call up, you know, just with the intent of wanting to stump the pastor, you know, think of some. <laughs> we all have friends like that. They're Bible nerds, and they, you know, they're looking for something to. Hey, uh, oh yeah. But uh, Chris is unique in his humility. Uh, if he doesn't know the answer, he's not going to try to wing it. So always we're happy to have him because I, uh, me, myself, and I'm sure you as a listener, you learned something that you, many things you didn't know. So that'll be our 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries with Ask the Pastor. Take a break. Come back. Uh, Maybe the uh, early uh, cold edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sans Kath, but stick around. There's always great conversation on the air. Be right back in a few minutes. One hundred one point five WORD. James is saying it's okay to pray and petition God in the time of suffering. Don't you stop asking God in the times of trouble, but please praise Him with the same intensity and with the same diligence and with the same persistence when He answers your prayer. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? 
No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Any questions? I have a question. I know you probably have a lot of questions. You can ask me anything you want. Go ahead. Ask me any question. Anything you want. Any more questions you want to ask? Go ahead. Call them. All right. I'm going to call them right now. Ask them. Chris Marshall's with us from New Life Christian Ministries, where he is the pastor, the senior pastor, Chris Marshall. He joins us on a regular basis for a segment we call Ask the Pastor. I mean, it's very simply described. You've got a question about the Bible, theology, family, life, joy, pain, suffering. You fill in the blanks. Chris is going to take your phone calls or your emails right now at 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. So if there's been a question that's been bugging you or something that you're embarrassed to talk about with your, uh, with your family or your pastor or whatnot, do it anonymously. And Chris will go through the process. As I said in the opening, he's a real humble guy. So if he doesn't know the answer, he won't try to wing it. He'll just say, well, you might have me. Uh, but it's not stump the pastor. It's ask the pastor in the hopes that we are iron sharpening iron. So call us at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. If you've got a question, uh, Pastor Chris is here. Email is real simple, John Hall at wordfm.com. Chris, welcome back. Good to see you. Uh, thanks, John. Glad to be here. Always good, Chris. Uh, before we get started, t- take a second and talk to us about New Life Christian Ministries. Well, right now we're in the midst of a stewardship series, so okay. we're talking about giving of our time, talents, treasure, and touch. Uh, that's what's going on there. We have a lot of mission trips. We've got one to Myanmar coming up, one to Cuba coming up, nice. one to India coming up, and one to Honduras all in the next month. Fabulous. So, yeah, pretty cool. It's good to go out and see the world, isn't it? It is. It is. It really is. Hey, um... Look, Oh, I got a, I've got an email already, uh, and somebody's on the line. So eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Email John Hall at Word FM. Let's just go right to let's get right to work. Okay. All right. Sure. Um, this is a question for uh, Pastor Chris. Dear John, uh, please ask Pastor Chris how can I better trust God through my hardship and uncertainty. Wow, I think that's a question we all ask, right? How whenever the times get tough, how do yeah. we know God's there? Right. Um, and uh, why do we go through? You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, those are the, those are the questions we ask. But one of the things I would say, simply from personal experience, is it's been through the tough times where I've really found out that God was there. You know, I mean, it, when it's easy, sometimes we forget about God. Yeah. And then whenever hard times come, we ask, you know, where are you? And, and He does show up. I, I think the basic thing is, I heard this uh, statement a long, long time ago, and it's been it stayed with me all these years. Probably thirty years ago, a guy said, "Don't trust in the darkness what you've seen in the light." 
You know, we see God's blessings in our everyday life, and we know he's there. And then we go through a stretch of difficult time, and it's easy to to miss the fact that he's walking alongside of us. He's with us. He's there to strengthen us. So I, you know, faith is, uh, you know, the, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So it's when we're in those times of darkness, we don't necessarily see God, that we really need to, to rely on his goodness. I mean, it's a basic thing about God. Is God good? If he's good, that means he's there in the midst of the difficult times. He's yes. there in the midst of the hard times. So I, I think, you know, I'm not trying to just say, I'm not saying at all, just sort of, you know, put on a happy face and, and know that God's there. What I'm saying is uh, he He is there in the good times. He He's there in the hard times. So we need to call out to him. We need to, you know, sort of just lean on him. And uh, Jesus said himself, you know, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. And, and so it's those times when we, we really need him that we lean in. And, and my experience has been over the, I'm 62 years old, and I trusted him when I was 12. Over those 50 years, he's never He's never left me in the ditch. I say that a lot. You know, he's, there's been times where I wondered how long am I going to stand beside the road, but he's never left me in the ditch. Fabulous. So the question, how can I better trust God through hardship and, and uncertainty? I mean, I, I love what your friend told you. Don't trust in the darkness what you've seen in the light. Yeah, don't doubt in the darkness. Yeah. Don't doubt in the darkness. Yeah. That's fabulous. Uh, 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall taking your questions. Ask the pastor, 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. And uh, Anonymous, thanks for being with us here today. You're live with Pastor Chris. What's your question, please? Yeah, Pastor Chris, I was wondering, with um, Ash Wednesday coming up at the end of the month and Lent, what challenge can we maybe put ourselves to um, have a goal to get closer to Christ during that time? Starting to think about it now, mm-hmm. what can we do differently this year? Good question. Thank well, you. that's a really good question. And, you know, this is something, and I don't know if you've ever done this before, it's part of what Jesus said we should do as his followers, which is fasting. I mean, the whole time of Lent, the season of Lent, Roman Catholics in particular give up certain things. Many of us, whether we're Protestant or Catholics, will say, I'm not going to eat chocolates, I'm not going to do this or that. But uh, the first uh, 19 days of, of 2020, I did probably the most serious fast I've ever done. Really? And what I realized during that, I realized a lot of things. But one of the things I realized is how much I do indulge myself, especially when it comes to food. So as we're thinking about the season of Lent, you know, and it's a time when we reflect on Jesus' great sacrifice for us. You know, so I would say the way we can prepare our hearts, the way we can prepare our lives is maybe to to, to ask ourselves this question seriously. What what can I deny myself of that will make me more reliant on God? And in my case, I, you know, I did a total fast for seven days of just water, no food. Um, and, and that was the first, that's the longest I've done. You know, I know some people fast for 40 days, whatever, that's not me. Um, but during those seven days, I realized, I mean, when the hunger pains would come, I, I leaned into God. Whenever uh, the, the time would come when I would say, man, I, I don't know if I could do this anymore, I would pray. And so it really did cause me to draw closer to God. So it's just, it's a recommendation. I mean, Lent is a season of denial of ourselves so we can re- sort of identify with what Jesus 
Jesus did for us. And I think fasting itself is probably one of the clearest ways we do that. Certainly, you know, a lot of people will give up social media for, you know, a period of time. I mean, that, it would be amazing to give it up for the whole season of Lent. That's 40 days, you know. Yes. Probably most people in America today would think they can't they even do, do that. Right. But it's, it's a way, I think anything that we can do that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up something that I maybe take for granted, something that I expect that will always be there, so that in, in those moments whenever I'm leaning to that, usually, then I lean into God. I think that's probably a good way of getting ready for the season. Nice. Thanks for not a lot of us. Uh, that's a good question. Okay, so Chris is recommending give up food fast, right? Break that chain, that uh, hold on you, and draw closer to God. I love that. It's an excellent uh, response. 800-320-8255, our segment called Ask the Pastor. Pastor Chris Marshall with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. You got a question? Pastor Chris will uh, take a go at it, of course, online at wordfm.com. Uh, John Hall is my email, John Hall at wordfm.com, if you don't want to come on the line. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Scott. Hey, Scott, thanks for calling. You're up. What's your question? Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, my question is, why do we worship on Sunday rather than the traditional Sabbath day of uh, Saturday? Okay, you know what? Tony Evans just talked about that today at 3 o'clock on did Word he really? FM. He really did. And, you know, the the, the short answer is... Um, in the early church, they started to worship on the first day of the week. They gathered on the first day of the week rather than the seventh, the Sabbath, as you know, as you've noted. And the reason is because it's the day of resurrection. Um, Jesus redefined everything when he rose from the dead. And uh, Dr. Evans did a great job of, you know, of indicating that we want to put Jesus first in every area of our life. And actually, it's a series on stewardship. But the thing that he pointed out was the early Christians worshiped on the first day of the week, not the last day of the week, um, because of Jesus rising from the dead on Easter Day. And I think that's the primary reason that Christians around the world would give for changing the day of worship. Fair enough. Scott, you good? Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. 800-320-8255. The first day of the week as opposed to the last. Obviously, yeah. a very distinct difference. Yeah, a big difference. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, here's another email. Uh, Dear John, please ask Pastor Chris this question. Uh, how can I be more faithful to pray, to be a church, and at the same time avoid sin? Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I mean, that, that, basically what, what the person seems to be asking is a very simple question. How can I be a more faithful follower of Jesus? Oh, yeah. you know, how can I do that? And, you know, one of the things that I think all of us understand, if we've been uh, given any effort at being serious about following Jesus, there's going to be resistance to that. You know, and it's we, not in our nature, we don't, it? you know, A, it's not in our nature. B, we often forget that we're in a spiritual battle. I mean, Paul in the letter to the Ephesians talked about that spiritual, we're, at, we're in a battle. It's not against flesh and blood. Yes. And so when we put ourselves uh, forward in an effort to, um, to pray, to, to be more uh, obedient, I guess you would say, to Jesus in following him in every area, whether it's worship or whatever, um, and, and not to sin, then what we find is there's that resistance. And Paul probably made it most clear in, I would say, Galatians chapter um, 5, verses 16 and following, when he said, the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit who's in us as followers of Jesus, and the flesh are at war. Hmm. And he says, and we're in, in this battle, uh, you know, the, the, sin, the sinful nature wants to do what the Spirit doesn't. The Spirit wants to do what the sinful nature does doesn't want to do. And he says, and in this life, we're never free from the struggle. 
So it's going to be a struggle. But two things I've found. Number one is um, if I try really, really hard, I usually fail. But if I yield myself to the power of the Holy Spirit, I find more success. The other thing is um, in any of these attempts, I, I mean, obviously, we want to pray on our own. We want to pray, um, you know, in solitude. But I've found that if I have – I have an accountability partner. In fact, I was with him this afternoon from 2 to 3 every week, actually the same accountability partner for 27 years. Wow. So when we get together, you know, we talk about, in fact, today, I've asked him to hold me accountable on two specific things, my Sabbath and writing, because I I need to be writing some more books. And so the first thing he did was said, okay, Chris, how does Sabbath go? Are you writing? You know, and I was able to say, good job on Sabbath. I still am not writing. Okay. So, so anyway, I would, I would suggest the, the person who's writing in, find somebody, it could be your spouse. But but if it's not another Christian, you know, and set some goals together. And, you know, I've always found, I mean, we were created for relationship. God made us male and female at the very beginning. He established, you know, community from the very beginning. It wasn't good for the man to be alone. And and as far as worship goes, why not say uh, to somebody that goes to your church, hey, I'll see you at church on Sunday. We'll go out for coffee after. I mean, there are things that we can do to, to make a commitment stronger, if you will, and and then the thing to avoid sin. I, you know, I don't quote Robert Schuler that much, but one of the things that Robert Schuler said, I guess he grew up in a cornfield and uh, corn farming field in Iowa or somewhere, and he said is there was some crop that they were trying to grow and weeds always came up, and so eventually what they did, they planted a different crop that those weeds couldn't flourish. And his point was sometimes we focus on the weeds. But let's focus on the healthy thing. I mean, the more we do pray, the more we do worship, the less we're going to be likely to sin right. anyway. You know, and and I would I I, I believe it's uh, more helpful to focus on how we can do the will of God rather than how we cannot sin. You you know, I mean, right. especially the more time we invest in the things of God, the less time there's going to be for sinning anyway. Right. It's easier to lean into the will of God, right, yeah. as opposed to trying to avoid sin. Right, exactly. Because God is bright and holy. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be godly. <laughs> we'll need to take a quick break. Pastor Chris Marshall's with us from New Life Christian Ministries. Ask the pastor. Your phone calls are welcome at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. You want to email as well, Hall at wordfm.com. We'll be back in a few minutes. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. 
Pronto Sleep from Rhinomed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. At Circle K, a dollar can get you the freshest cup of coffee in the world every cup is ground fresh right when you want it so for a split second your cup is the freshest on earth every cup ground fresh starting at a dollar at circle k limited time only at participating locations i get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office their needs are not that different from anybody else spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at stockfamilydentistry.com 101.5 word fm pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart tune in and at radio.com rain mixed with a little sleet and wet snow the first thing this evening just rain the rest of tonight low 33 cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning followed by snow showers in the afternoon turning brisk and colder high 36 breezy and sharply colder tomorrow night clouds and a couple of snow showers low 15 Flurries in the morning Friday, otherwise very cold with clouds and sun, high only 21. With your accurate forecast, I'm Brian May. Hey, thanks for being with us. Pastor Chris Marshall's with us again. Ask the Pastor is our segment, and your phone calls are welcome. So whether you're struggling with the Bible or life or family, some sort of theology question, and maybe you you know, you know can't figure it out on your own, you're unwilling or unable to speak to an elder or a pastor in your church, well, avail yourself here of uh, Chris's time. You can do so anonymously if you like. 800-320-8255 is the number to call, 800-320-8255. Email's real simple as well. You want to do that, Hall at wordfm.com. But let's go back to the phones, and uh, Mike, you're up next. Uh, what's your question, please? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I was wondering, how can a Christian receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Good question, Mike. Uh, in fact, at, here at New Life, where I'm the pastor uh, in uh, March and April, we're going to be having a series on that. And it really is a simple thing. I actually experienced that when I was a teenager, and my pastor prayed for me. You know, if you read the book of Acts, you see 
probably about a half a dozen experiences of that happening. It happens in different ways. Obviously, it happened on the day of Pentecost. It happened when Peter preached to Cornelius. It happened when Paul laid his hands on one uh, seven guys from Ephesus. And, and so the, the common denominator seems to simply be a willingness and readiness to receive uh, somebody who's willing to pray. And, uh, and you know, I, I do know people in my own church who have been praying for God to fill them with the Holy Spirit, baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, when I first received prayer for it, it didn't happen for me. Uh, it actually happened for me when I was praying on my own. It, it, I was just in my own home praying, and I asked God to, to fill me with the Holy Spirit, and he did. Um, and, and so it's it's a it's a gift, just like all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, uh, and so it's a simply a matter of 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 praying, asking, trusting, and 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 I have to say, waiting. Uh, Acts one eight is a very powerful verse when Jesus said to the disciples right before he went back to heaven, he said, "Wait until you receive power, which is the Holy Spirit, and then go, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth." So, part of the thing that I think all of us aren't really that good at is just the waiting part. And so right. sometimes we, you know, I don't know why some people pray and it happens immediately. Right. Other people, it takes a, a long time. I, one of my best friends in seminary 30-some years ago, um, you know, he just every single day just said, I don't know why I don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I don't know why. I keep praying. I keep praying. I keep praying. And he prayed for, for years and eventually it happened. But I don't know. I, I don't know why God's timing is the way it is, you know. But I would simply say to, to continue to pray in faith and, uh, and to open yourself to, to the Spirit. And I believe he will, he will honor your desire. Yes. Mike, can you talk All about right. you? Well, thank you very much. Mike, can you talk about yourself? And has it been a struggle for you? Is that why you're asking? Well, it's been a, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've been praying, I've been praying, and I didn't know if I was doing it wrong. I just didn't know. I I don't believe I've received it yet, Uh and I'm just going to keep on praying. Well, you know, uh, Mike, one thing, I I hate to recommend books just because, you know, everybody says read this book, but um, Pastor Jeff Leake, who actually is a local pastor in Allison Park, has written a book on the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I find to be one of the most helpful practical guides. Unfortunately, I can't remember the title, but I know you can go to Amazon.com and you can just, you know, just put in Pastor Jeff Leake and, and you'll find the book that I'm talking about. And, and it's, it's very helpful step sort of step-by-step kind of guide, but also a little bit of, of the whys and hows behind it. So I would highly recommend it to you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Nice. Appreciate You're the welcome. phone call. Uh, 800-320-8255 with uh, Pastor Chris Marshall from Ask the Pastor or online. Uh, my email, real simple, johnhall at wordfm.com. Chris, um, uh, we've got a little more uh, emails, it seems, today than we do have phone calls. But uh, here's an email. Uh, this is from Eva. Eva says, John, I I listen to you and Kathy daily, although I am not a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm. I find the programming interesting, but this is my question. How could any intelligent 21st century person believe that Jesus rose physically from the dead? Kind regards, Eva. I love that question because she asked, how could an intelligent person in the 21st century? Um, There's a, I can't, again, I wish I could remember the guy's name. He was a forensic 
police officer. You know? Oh, Jay Warner Wallace. Jay Warner Wallace, yeah. right. He's one. Of, I think he's one of the most helpful people because what he did, he was not a believer. Right. And he went back and he examined the evidence. He's a cold case yeah, homicide cold case detective. Homici- yeah, cold case homicide detective. And he went back and he just applied the principles of forensics to the case of Jesus. And he said any reasonable person would conclude from the facts, from the evidence, that Jesus did rise from the dead. And I think probably the clearest evidence that Jesus rose from the dead is what happened in the 300 years after he rose from the dead. You think about it. The, the, the movement of Christianity in 300 years transformed the known world of the day. Um, the group of people who were really just a sect of Judaism and actually a persecuted sect by the Jews and by the Romans, went from that in 300 years to being the predominant faith of the culture. And there's only one reasonable explanation that a reasonable, intelligent adult um, could conclude, and that is that those 12 or 11, obviously Judas hanged himself, those 11 people were so radically changed. Because when he died, they hid themselves so they wouldn't get arrested too. But when he rose from the dead, they went out. And the thing is, would a reasonable person, you know, willingly be crucified, as Peter was, according to church tradition, for faith in a lie. I mean, people believe things that aren't true, but they but they believe them. Um, Peter actually saw Jesus rise from the dead, and he wouldn't recant that even at the point of death. And actually, thousands of people have experienced that same thing over the years. So, I, I think again, if Eva really, really wants to to investigate, there's a book that's um, by uh, I can't remember the now I can't remember the author, but I remember the title. It's called "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist." Hmm. Norman Geisler. Oh, yeah. Norman Geisler. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. That book is a scholarly work, and he takes on all the questions that people ask, and you know about the resurrection of the dead, about the creation of the universe, about so many different things. And basically, we have to understand: atheism is a faith. Atheism is a faith. It's a it's a it's a belief system, and it's based on some assumptions that many of which are faulty. And so um, I, I, I really, I, you know, I'm glad that Eva asked the question, and I, I, it sounds like she's a person that's, you know, seriously interested in an intellectual response. Yeah. And so that book is a scholarly work that, um, you know, no, no book is going to convince somebody that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, faith is, uh, at the end of the day, something I can't prove in a laboratory that Jesus rose from the dead. But the one thing I would also say to Eva is, I know a woman who's a Cuban woman who rose from the dead. She was dead for 27 minutes or something. It wasn't like this two minutes or three minutes. 27 minutes, she was dead. She was pronounced dead in an emergency room in a hospital in Cuba. Her husband came in after arguing. They wouldn't let, her, wouldn't let him come in and see her. You know, they said, you don't have the right to. And he said, I'm, your, I'm her husband. And he came in and he laid hands on her and prayed for her and said, Barbara, in the name of Jesus, come back. And she came back. And obviously, it's Cuba, so most of the people are atheists. Every doctor and nurse in that emergency room accepted Jesus on the spot. Wow. You know, so anyway, reasonable um, means that it's it's capable of being reasoned through, that there's an intellectual component, uh, that, that, that there's facts. And, and so I would say that uh, there's a lot of evidence at EVA. And I, I, I might not be able to convince you, but I think that it, many reasonable people, and I'm, I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I was skeptical in my teenage years. 
and and I I like to have facts to back up what I believe. And, and the thing that I, at the end of the day, last thing I would say about whole believing this, believing that, it ultimately doesn't matter what we believe. It matters what's true. And so an atheist believes one thing, a Christian believes another thing, you know, Hindu believes another thing. And if we wade down all through it and we examine all the evidence, then we will come to truth. In fact, Jesus gave us some hopeful, hopeful words. He said, you know, that, that um, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And, and so he said there is truth. And he actually said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there, there is a lot of um, skepticism, and there are a lot of people in our world today who don't even believe there's truth. But the reality is truth exists. Um, Jesus is the personification of truth. And, uh, and if Eva is willing to um, do some research and study, uh, particularly the, those two books that we talked about, the J. Warner Wallace book and the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, I think, it, I think if she gives it a fair you know, read and examination, she might see – maybe she still might not believe, but at least she can see why reasonable people do believe. Right, that there is a path. Eva, she asks, how could any intelligent mm-hmm. 21st century person believe that Jesus rose physically from the dead? J. Warner Wallace and Norman Geisler, that's a, a great response. But we need to take a quick break. Hey, but your phone calls are welcome. 800 800- 320-8255-800-320-8255. You got a question? Ask the pastor. Chris Marshall's with us from New Life Christian Ministries. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music from Colton Dixon. Miracles. King of Kings by Hillsong Worship. And Phil Wickham with Great Things. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Remember those 300-piece some assembly required toy sets? The ones your kids loved, but you were too proud to use the instructions. Yeah, you figured it out, eventually. The looks on their faces were worth it, but you listened to your wife the next time when she told you to just read the manual. Some assembly is required for retirement, too. It may not always be fun, but it matters. And that's why Accurate Solutions Group invites you to a dinner workshop to talk about retirement's most common concerns, things like taxes, Social Security, if you have too much money in the market, and much more. Seating is limited, so pick the date that works for you by calling to register today. Call or text RSVP to 412-515-0005. That's 412-515-0005. Start assembling your retirement plan with help from Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... 
Doug. Welcome to Burger Palace. What would you like today? Yes. I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. This is Burger Palace. Do you want any food? Yes. Uh, one palace party meal. No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger. No, you can't talk to the manager. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. This President's Day weekend, you'll find every mattress store is having a sale. Well, every store except the original Mattress Factory. This is Greg Trzynski, and at OMF, we offer our lowest and best price to everyone every day. We'd love to show you how we hand-build all of our mattresses, which is why we're running full production this Saturday from 10 to 5. We invite you and your family to stop by our factory on Freeport Road to take a tour and see exactly how we create genuine value. The original Mattress Factory, 15 Freeport Road, off Route 28 at the Highland Park Bridge. Hey, welcome back. It's our it's our regular segment, irregular in its regularity. Chris Marshall's with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. We call it Ask the Pastor. Phone calls, emails, people, if you've got a question, you thought about uh, the Bible or theology, your life, your family, uh, you're welcome to give Chris a call at 800-320-8255, or online. Uh, you can email me if you're a little shy about coming on the air, which seems sometimes, Chris, people call, uh, sometimes people email. Mm-hmm. You never know, but uh, there's been a lot of uh, shyer people today. John Hall at wordfm.com. So, Chris, uh, it seems like we've got a, a little thread here. Someone was talking, uh, our last question was wondering about why any intelligent person would believe about uh, Jesus uh, uh, resurrecting from the dead. And uh, this is from James. James says, John, I also listen to your show, but I wonder why are there so many hypocrites in the church? Mm. <laughs> that That's a question I've been asking myself for, <laughs> you know, 50 years. And one of the things that's really interesting, what was the guy's name? James. James. James, um, I have to tell you a quick story. When I was a teenager, when I was 15 years old, I left the church. I mean, I left the church. I told my mother, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go be with those hypocrites. I was, you know, I was, I was 15 years old, very idealistic. I loved Jesus. And I said to my mother, I said, I'll still read my Bible every day, pray. I'll tell people about Jesus, but I'm not going to go to church with those hypocrites. Yeah. So I didn't, I did not go to church for two years and we got a new pastor and the new pastor started visiting at our home. He was a single young man, um, and he would come to dinner on Sunday afternoons or after church or whatever, you know. And eventually he asked me if I'd like to study the Bible. I said, yeah. So he and I got together every week to study the Bible together. And after six months, he said to me, why don't you go to church? And I said, because they're a bunch of hypocrites. And he said, and I was in, you know, I was in high school at the time, and he said, well, you're on the football team. He said, are there any hypocrites on the football team? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, you eat lunch in the cafeteria? I said, sure. He said, are there any hypocrites in the cafeteria? I said, well, yeah. And uh, and then he said, have you ever done anything hypocritical yourself? And I said, what's your point, Andy? And he said, well, I always figured I'd rather go to church with a hypocrite than to hell with him. <laughs> and I went back to church. But here's the thing. The reason there are hypocrites in the church is because even after we trust Jesus as Savior and Lord, we're not perfect. Now, I believe fervently that the longer we know Jesus and the more we're serving him and the more we're living in the power of his spirit, the more consistently like Jesus we ought to become. 
And when I see somebody who's been following Jesus for 40 years and they're no different than they were 40 years ago, I really wonder because, you know, Jesus himself said, don't call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do the things that I say. And he said, not everybody that says Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus expected some consistency between our profession and our action. To buy in. Yeah, yeah. And so so I, I believe, actually, I believe that James' question gets to the heart of why so many people, and the younger the generation, the more I think the number would be, um, have rightly questioned the power of God because they don't see it in people. And what, I just had this conversation with my accountability partner today. We were talking because we work with 12th grade high school boys right now, young men. Um, you know, we were talking about this whole thing of the younger generation is so skeptical of the church and of Christians. And, 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 and so I believe the reason why we often in America, and especially I've been a lot of places around the world, and you see people that are fully bought in. I mean, I'm going to India to a place where. They kill people for following Jesus, you know. There's not a lot of hypocrites there because you're not going to follow Jesus unless you really are bought in, like you used to use your term. But the thing is, I believe that we believe that faith is often more informational. If I have the information, then I'm a Christian. But Jesus made it pretty clear that it's at the foundation, it's relational a relationship with his heavenly father, relationship with him, you know, a, a relationship in the power of the Holy Spirit and relationship with each other. If I'm fully bought into a community of faith, then I'm going to live my faith out in in relationship with those people. But if I'm just showing up on Sunday morning to hear a sermon, get some information and write into my notebook and go home, there might not be much life change. You know, I I have a formula. It's information minus application equals information. But information plus application equals transformation. Jesus expected us to apply what he taught in relationship with him and with each other. And when that happens, I think the level of hypocrisy goes down in direct proportion to the amount of time we invest in that relationship with God and other people in community. When we are just a bunch of collection of people gathered to sing Christian hymns or songs or whatever and then read some you know, liturgy and, and get some information, it doesn't change us. I mean, the devil understands Scripture, didn't change him, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, and so uh, I'm pretty passionate about this question because I do believe that the way that America will become um, Christian again is for us Christians to fully follow Jesus and to to do that in community with each other. And so I, I love that question. It's a powerful question. And, and and the first person I ask the question of is when I get up in the morning, look in the mirror, am I going to live consistently today or am I going to be somebody that they're going to call a hypocrite? And I, I hope that m- most days at the end of the day, I look back in the mirror and I've lived a pretty consistent life, you know, with that relationship with Jesus, relationship with others. And, and if we confess when we've failed, you know, that limits the amount of hypocrisy too. A hypocrite's really somebody who pretends that they're okay even though they're not. It's not, hypo- it's not hypocritical for me to sin as a Christian and to confess that I sinned, repent of it, right. and move back in. It's only when I seek to live, like Jesus called the Pharisees, whitewashed tombs. Yes. You know, look good on the outside, but on the inside, 
hollow. It's nothing changed, yeah. All right, that's good. 800-320-8255, Let me go back. Um, email John Hall at wordfm.com. Uh, dear John, uh, following along the thread uh, of the past few questions with Pastor Chris, my question is this. Uh, won't a good and moral person get to heaven? My wife and I talk about this often. I have recently become a believer in Jesus Christ. My wife is not, but she is a good and moral person. Uh, please advise. I have a great little book called by Andy Stanley called How Good is Good Enough? The question is, wouldn't a good person go to heaven? The answer is yes. A good person would go to heaven. Who's good? But who's good enough? You know, good and moral by whose standard? Because that's the question. Whose standard matters? Jesus. Jesus' standard is be, therefore, perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So who lives up to that standard? Jesus. Nobody else. Nobody else lives up to that standard. And, you know, I, I wish that every good and moral person went to heaven. I really do. I mean, I, I wish that people that aren't necessarily good and moral but that are related to me would go to heaven. But Jesus set the standard. He, he said that salvation comes through faith in him. And why? Because he's the only perfect person. He died in our place. We're sinners. We're all sinners. And, you know, the if we put ourselves, I call it the line theory, and I think we all follow the line theory to some degree or another. We look around a room and say there's 50 people in the room, and if we know all 50, we could line them up and say this person's the best and this person's the worst. Yeah. And as long as I'm sort of towards the top 10 percentile, then I should get in. But but if we have Jesus in the room and there are 50 people in the room, the, the, the distance between number one and number two is a chasm that nobody can get across. But the good news is Jesus bridged the chasm, you know, with the cross. So, so I, I, I feel what he's saying. I wish I, my brother Jim, who's dead, um, the last year of his life, he was struggling with cancer. I visited him three times to talk to him about Jesus because he was a good and moral person. But he didn't trust Jesus. So is he in heaven right now? I believe the biblical answer to that is no. But he was in a coma the last week of his life. What God did with my brother Jim in that period of time and in that state, I don't know. I know this. Our God is a gracious God. That any of us get to go to heaven is, a, is an act of tremendous grace. Yes. Um, so, you know, and if I were going to err, I would err on the side of grace. But I... I seek to speak the truth from Scripture, not my opinion. And, and every word of Scripture that I can read says there's salvation in no one else, only the name of Jesus. You know, the Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. There's nothing about if you're good enough. And um, it, it would be wonderful if it was, you know, but, but I, I don't see it in Scripture, so I can't, I can't give you hope that a good person will go to heaven unless it's a perfectly good person. Right. I mean, the prescription is, is clearly laid out, right. biblically, right. how to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily talk about good and moral people. Right. We need to step away for just a minute. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. 800-320-8255. Taking your phone calls or email Hall at wordfm.com.
This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now, a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. got a few minutes left with Pastor Chris from New Life Christian Ministries. Chris, I'm going to be selfish here and take the last question. I've got several friends who are not believers, mm. and um, we get together. They're, they're buddies of mine. I've known them since high school. And, and often it, it turns to the questions or the conversation turns to politics mm-hmm. and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And they, they point to me and say, you guys, like me, and mm-hmm. you know, my, my cult, they would call it, uh-huh. you guys are screwing things up. Because it's red and blue, and to be a believer, all of a sudden, I've got to be a Republican, mm. which I disavow totally. Right. And I wish – And here's the thing. At my church, we don't preach politics, mm. although, you know, of course, we preach, we preach Bible politics. Right. But we're not talking about – 
candidate President Trump or candidate Bernie Sanders or whomever. You, you right. get my point. Right. But people tend to think that from outside the church, don't they? Oh, yes, definitely. And I mean, and obviously, the reason they think that is there is a large cadre of people who vote in a certain block that are certain flavor of Christian, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm in a non-denominational church, which typically would probably and would probably be more conservative from a political standpoint. Right, right. One of the things that I would say about this, John, though, is when you look at our culture right now and you look at the divide, I mean, there's obviously a political divide, but there's divide, uh, so many different divisions, you know. And the, and the thing that I think Christians are called to do is to speak into that in love. I mean, I, I, I often say to the people at New Life, when you're right, you don't have to yell. You know, but I mean, it seems like we think the person who screams the loudest is is right yes. in our culture. And th- there's civility seems to be something that isn't really part of our culture anymore, you, right. you know, and and it's becoming more and more and more divisive, more and more uh, people want to label us. And, and I, I learned this from 30, wow, 35 years ago, a pastor from New Zealand said labels are to be put on boxes, which are put on shelves and forgotten. So as soon as your friends can can label you as conservative, Republican, Christian, then they don't have to think about you. They, they think they know everything about I you. I see, sure. You know, and the thing that I want people to understand is you can't know everything about me just because I'm a Republican or a Democrat, just because I'm a Christian or a non-believer. Um, get to know me by having interaction. And here's the thing. What if we actually disagreed with each other, but we didn't have to stop communicating with each other? I love that. Keep the dialogue open and attend church. Hey, thanks, Chris. Pastor Chris Marshall. Appreciate it. New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Bernie Sanders edging out Pete Buttigieg to win the New Hampshire primary. Meanwhile, President Trump receiving more votes in the primary than any incumbent president in history. A winter storm will produce snow and ice through Thursday from the plains to the Midwest and Northeast. The plunging Arctic blasts bringing high winds and blizzard conditions to parts of the northern plains, prompting blizzard warnings for parts of the eastern Dakotas and western Minnesota. Stocks are closing broadly higher on Wall Street, driving the S&P and NASDAQ indexes to more record highs. Technology stocks powered much of the rally as investors focused on the latest batch of mostly solid company earnings reports. The latest gains came as worries subside about the economic impact of the coronavirus. The Dow gained 275 points today. The NASDAQ was up 87. This is SRN News. Oh, wow! It can't be. Oh, yes, yes, yes! Oh, where have you been? If you snore, the first time you use mute can be quite an experience. (laughs) I can breathe! I can breathe! Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. Oh, 
That's the best night I've had in years. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Rain mixed with a little sleet and wet snow the first thing this evening. Just rain the rest of tonight, low 33. Cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning, followed by snow showers in the afternoon, turning brisk and colder, high 36. Breezy and sharply colder tomorrow night. Clouds and a couple of snow showers, low 15. Flurries in the morning Friday, otherwise very cold with clouds and sun, high only 21. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Kath is uh, still away, and uh, she'll be back, I think, uh, on Friday for our, our date night extravaganza, Christ Church at Grove Farm. Marty Simpson is going to be there. Hope that you are as well. A little later on in the show, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to that. If you've not yet bought your tickets, wait till then. But uh, if you if you don't win those tickets, I'd encourage you to come and see Kathy and myself and Marty Simpson, the whole uh, crew from Word FM. We're going to have a good time. We're going to laugh a lot. So you've heard the spots. You, you know Marty. Uh, well, if you've heard the spots, you have a good sampling of his uh, comedy stylings. I believe he's the funniest guy we've ever, we've ever brought into town. I really do. And uh, that's not exaggeration or hyperbole. Just from on-air on conversations with him, he is a funny guy. So I think of uh, no better time. I know a lot of people don't celebrate you know, Valentine's Day per se. That's fine. If you don't want to do it, no big deal. But still, 
how could you not, you know, not want to go on a date with your wife and hang out and laugh a little bit? To me, that's like the best of it all. You know, get together and hang out and laugh and take your friends along as well. I can't see that, Mike. I can't know what that is. Uh, Mike's giving me a little piece of paper, but it's it's. Uh... <laughs> hey, uh, today is um. We were talking about this a little earlier. One of the guys here at the station, Darren Darren's birthday, and uh, it's also um, Abraham Lincoln's birthday today. But today, uh, Abraham Lincoln was born. 1806. It's also my mom's birthday, but my mom's been gone for a long time. However, I always remember February 12th is Abraham Lincoln's birthday because uh, it's my mom's birthday. But uh, Abraham Lincoln, he came to Pittsburgh one time and one time only, and he wasn't even the president of the United States. He was coming to Pittsburgh on his way to Washington, D.C. to be inaugurated, which was super cool. Of course, um, here in Allegheny County, People voted overwhelmingly for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he, he knew his base, and so he thought he'd stop for a, a shot in the arm, and uh, of course he got that. He spent the night at a local hotel, and uh, the bed that he slept on, that Abraham Lincoln spent the night in Pittsburgh, is uh, down at the Heinz History Center. I've seen it. You can't lay on it. Uh, it's behind some sort of you know uh, plexiglass or some sort of a security glass. But it's really cool to think, hey, man, Abraham Lincoln was right there, you know, uh, he made us a little time in Pittsburgh, and they've had a little memorial of it, so I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, anyway, happy birthday to Abraham Lincoln, and uh, God's peace to you, sir. So oh, am, I, am I giving those away now? Am I, are we giving these away now? Oh, okay. Uh, how come we're doing that now? I thought that was later. Okay. Uh, so look, okay, I'm, I'm not going to give away. I'm going to give away two pairs to tickets for uh, Word FM date night at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Um, two pairs. Caller number 12 and caller number 14 at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. For whatever reason, if you've been sitting on the fence and you're thinking, oh, should I go? Do we, uh, can I afford it? It's, you know, to, to be fair, it's not that expensive and what you would consider for a date with you and your wife or you and your husband. But uh, I've got them for free, so go and, and join us. So phones are cranking right now, 800-320-8255 for date night to check out Marty Simpson. And um, stop on by. Kath and I are going to be there early. You know what? The uh, the VIP dinner thing, this is not for the VIP dinner thing. Uh, the, the shame of it is, heck, we could have you know had hundreds and hundreds of people at the VIP dinner thing, but it's just the space did not uh, allow that to happen. So these are just for the regular tickets for the regular show. So go and have some a nice meal close by, right, or whatever you want to do. You can go to Mickey D's for all that matters and save some bucks, just as long as you're together, right? Um, Mike, you're picking up uh, caller. What did I say? Did I say caller eleven and thirteen? Uh, 12 and 13. Uh, what? That's fine. 800-320-8255 to see Marty Simpson in concert and check out Kath and I can see us up close. <laughs> you always get that. People come and see you and they go, you know, you did not look like I thought. I'm disappointed. Or, you know, you're not nearly as, as uh, unattractive as I uh, might, might have imagined. So you can see us. You know, we're kind of like animals at an exhibition somewhere. We're at the aviary or we're at the Pittsburgh Zoo. You come and take, take a quick squint at us and uh, <laughs> either be disappointed or mildly amused. That's what uh, my hope is. Okay, we'll take a break, come back. Um, I, I should say portions of the show are pre-recorded because uh, what I've done is I've taken uh, some conversations that Kath and I loved, and uh, we're going to play uh, chunks of those throughout this hour. Okay, so stay with us. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about early church martyrs. It's the ride home. Sans Kath, 
Uh, she'll be back in a couple of days or so. But um, in the meantime, encourage you, wordfm.com. Come and hang out with Kath and I and Marty Simpson Friday night, Christ Church at Grove Farm. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Courtney Ramirez. Perfectly loved. I'm perfectly loved. Love by We Are Messenger. Love, 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 love. And Big Daddy Weave with I Know. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded on to the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Christians in America who love God are under siege. Learn how to navigate the tumultuous terrain of a godless culture with a brand new book from Dr. Robert Jeffress called Courageous, 10 Strategies for Thriving in a Hostile World. It's his boldest book yet. When your faith is under attack, when you're tempted to just follow the crowd, these 10 strategies will ignite a fresh fire and bright hope for facing life with confidence. Get your copy of Courageous by Dr. Robert Jeffress wherever books or ebooks are sold. If you're down in the valley, we invite you to come up a little higher. Join the conversation. The John and Kathy Show continues on 101.5 WORD. Dr. Brian Litvin is our next guest, professor of theology at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. He's the author of a great book called Getting to Know the Church Fathers, Early Christian Martyr Stories. Hey, Brian, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Brian. Hey, um, in your work, you say something which is surprising. You say that the ancient church period was not an age of uh, martyrdom. I was really surprised to hear that. Um, it sort of runs contrary to what everybody believes that, you know, there was a lot of death and destruction, a slaughter of ancient Christians. Yeah. 
Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, that's that's a thing that's been uh, sort of popularly uh, put out there recently by a scholar named Candida Moss, who uh, sort of debunks the idea that there's this continuous age of, of persecution. And I, and I would agree with that. I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with everything P- Professor Moss says in her book, but certainly it is the case that uh, we probably don't need to think of the period of the ancient church as this kind of continual uh, assault upon Christians, that every time they step outside the door, there's the Roman soldier with like the red brush on his head, and he's ready to take you to jail. So yeah. it's really more a, an age of, of the looming possibility you know, punctuated with a number of moments where it was this really intense persecution. But other times uh, the Christians were left alone and, and sometimes even appreciated. So, you know, you, you don't want to downplay the martyrs by any sense. Even one instance of martyrdom is traumatic for a church that experiences that, but uh, maybe maybe just not exaggerated beyond what uh, history will bear. Yeah, I would go back. So w- when you say they sometimes appreciated, what do you mean by that? Well, there was a, a period, uh, I'm thinking uh, specifically in the late 3rd century, where Christians had uh, by then gained a legal right to own property, and, you know, they, they were uh, viewed as a sort of rising religion that was acceptable. So, you know, the winds of fortune could kind of go either way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to characterize it as that there was ever this kind of broad, enthusiastic support, because the, the system of Roman religion... Uh, didn't really know what to make of these Christians. So maybe not a kind of enthusiastic support, but uh, admired to some degree. They admired the Christians' uh, sexual morals. That was something that stood out to the pagan minds, and uh, admired uh, their dedication, admired their uh, charity to the poor. So these were ways that the Romans sometimes appreciated the Christians, but they certainly could turn in a moment and suddenly be persecuting. Excellent. Hey, before we get into some stories of the early Christian martyrs, something also uh, else jumped out at me early on in your work, where you say that the early Christians were very concerned about their cemeteries. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, that was actually a big thing. It's not something we think of very much now, but uh, it's hard to underestimate how important the graves of the Christians and the martyrs were. And so that, that's what leads to something that becomes a huge industry in the Middle Ages, which is the relics of saints and uh, traveling around to pilgrimages and uh, praying at tombs. And all, all of that develops out of uh, something more primitive, which was um, uh, building on Jewish understanding the importance of mortal remains and the importance of burying. Uh, a Christian would want to be buried. They didn't cremate. It wasn't something that the Church would do. Uh, and that comes out of a theology of resurrection, and so if you have Jesus Christ and he's bodily resurrected and he's the first fruits of the resurrection, then the hope of Christianity is that you're not going to just disappear into the spirits. You know, the, the Romans thought that way, that your, your spirit just kind of disappeared and you, you lost your identity. And Christians said, that's not the truth at all. The truth is, we're going to know you again. You're going to rise up. We will know you by name. Jesus will call you by name at the last trumpet, and we will know you again. You will be in a body. And so we're going to respect mortal remains. We're going to respect cemeteries. It really comes out of a theology of the future hope of resurrection. Well, that's fascinating. So I'd like to go through some uh, some of the names that we may, uh, may or may not know. Uh, obviously, time is short. But can you talk to us about Agrippa and tell us the story of the plot against Peter? Yeah, so uh, that, that's an interesting account of Peter's uh, martyrdom. There's, there's some level of legend. In fact, I have to be honest and say quite a bit of level of legend that's happening uh-huh. in that text called Acts of, of Peter. Uh, so that's a second century text. It's not coming from a time contemporaneous with Peter. And I translate it in the book uh, because, in part, it preserves the essence of, of, an, of a confrontation 
you know, Peter, we don't really know for sure if this figure, Agrippa, is real, but certainly Peter is martyred in the period that's being described under Nero. So there's this kind of opposition between the culture and between Christians, and this is what's being illustrated here. And then um, it also shows really what, how did the early church value somebody like Peter? And these heroic tales that are told about him are something that maybe illustrates um, the devotion, the the respect, the admiration that was held for Jesus' first disciples and the founding figures of the faith. I see. So this is interesting. So then there's all these legends, which makes us appreciate the, the Gospels even more so. Um, but in reading more so, um, uh, this legend, which really sort of struck out to me, was Paul having his head chopped off. Yeah. And instead of it being, as you might imagine, just a horrific mess, there was milk. Yeah. Yeah, the milk thing is, is hard to interpret. I have a little footnote in the book. So what happens in, in the account? So this is a similar kind of uh, story that you get with Peter, where it's the Acts of Peter. This is the Acts of Paul. And uh, there's some historical reality there for sure. I mean, I could, I could take you today to the spot in Rome where this almost certainly happened, and I, I could take you to where uh, Paul was probably buried, and there's a good chance that actually his, his remains are still in the tomb. But, you know, the milk that spurts out, so his head is cut off, and there's this kind of spurt of milk. You know, is that like uh, you know some symbol that I, I gave you milk to drink, or that I was the spiritual mother, or something like that? Maybe an eyewitness re- remembrance of something that actually kind of spurted, you know, from the decapitation. But now we're going to call it milk and sort of symbolize something. So, uh, a detail there that's interesting and maybe hard to interpret. Hmm. Brian, what about? Um... Peter and Paul, as you know, when we talk about the list of martyrs, they're not usually the first ones that come up. Right. But it seems silly that we don't look at them in that way, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the closest ones that, to, the, to the original story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oftentimes the narrative of ancient church martyrdom uh, begins with Polycarp. And so he's more famous. Uh, the story of Polycarp of Smyrna is this uh, rousing, stirring tale where he stands before the crowd and says, I will not deny my Savior. And so uh, oftentimes that's considered the inception of this tradition of the martyrs thrown to the lions or the, the martyrs before the crowd. But um, in reality, as you point out, Kathy, we, we do have evidence, not just these ones that I translate in the book, but other lines of evidence uh, that really show that the, the original uh, apostles are sometimes martyrs. So Peter being martyred, Paul being martyred, um, you know, there's the martyrdom of Stephen in the book of Acts. Not, not all of the, the 12 were martyred by any means, um, but there's a good uh, possibility historically, we don't know for sure, but, but I think very strong evidence that both Peter and Paul were killed within maybe a year or two of each other in the mid-60s A.D., uh, both of these things happening outside of Rome, Peter being buried on the Vatican Hill and Paul being uh, buried on the Ostian Way. So, yeah, some, some, uh, really the beginning of this story does begin with Peter and Paul, I think. If you just join us, we're speaking with Dr. Brian Lifton. His brand new work is called Early Christian Martyr Stories. Hey, Brian, I'm curious about the um, the noble, heroic women, Vibia Perpetus of Carthage. Yeah. Yeah, Perpetua is great. I mean, she's a figure that if, if you don't know who she is, you know, get the book just for that. You know, buy the book, tear that page out, and just or those pages, and read that part. It's, it's, that, uh, it's that stirring. It's that important. So, yeah, she was a, a third century uh, a martyr. Uh, she she died around 203 A.D. She was um, 
uh, a young woman in her early 20s, so like a, like a college senior, we might say. She was an aristocrat, and uh, her story, her account of her faithfulness to Christ, when she had so many opportunities uh, to turn back from that, she had so many temptations. She had this uh, little nursing child, this son that she would lose if she went through with it. Her father was loved, loved her and was begging her not to do this thing, and she said, no, I, can't, I cannot be named anything other than what I am. I am a Christian, she said, and she uh, took a stand uh, in front of a crowd of uh, ravenous people in in an arena in Africa and uh, went to her death and and met Christ in that way. This sounds like a very basic question, but I guess I want to know what is good about martyrdom and what's bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. I guess, I guess yeah. I'm, that's a good question. Well, I'm just thinking. I know that there's ways that you you could do it really badly. Right. Yeah, it's a profound question, really. I mean, and it's very relevant in the sense that we have persecution happening around the world today, and we've become cognizant recently of the the Christians that are being beheaded by ISIS, and so this idea of martyrdom is something that is certainly with us today. It it didn't just stop in the ancient church by any means. Um, Christians have been continuously persecuted since the ancient church time, often in uh, Islamic-controlled areas. So, yeah, it's, it's, you, you can do it badly. That's right. You can do it uh, with a kind of chip on your shoulder. You can do it, uh, you know, in a way that's uh, maybe an affront to the society. But the, the way that the martyrs did it here is they, they simply said, I can do no other. You have put me in a position where my allegiance, it, it has to go with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the profound thing here, because the, the Romans didn't care that the, the ancient Christians worshipped Jesus. That was fine. They would have been fine if they said, worship Jesus, and then just also worship Caesar. Just also worship mm-hmm. our gods. Just even tip your hat. Just call Caesar Lord. Say, Caesar is Lord, and we will let you go. And it seems very easy to us. We'd say, well, yeah, I'll just say it, and I won't mean it. But uh, if you really understand what the word Lord meant, and the, and the confession, as, as Paul says, uh, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And so to confess Caesar is Lord was to worship demonic powers on an equivalent basis with Christ. And so when you put it like that, and you see what's good about martyrdom is a complete and utter commitment in word and in deed uh, to, to the Lord Jesus. And I think that's what makes them profound. Interesting. So talk about this thread. Uh, early on, you talk about uh, Bonnie Witherall, who yeah. was a murdered by a Muslim extremist in 2002. Yeah. And you hold her up as a modern-day martyr, perhaps, in a way. Yeah. What about that thread from, from martyrs today, what we would call martyrs, to ancient martyrs? Yeah, there, there, uh, for sure there would be threads there. I mean, I, I do want to be careful maybe in saying that you know anybody from the modern time is sort of living out the same exact dramas that uh, were lived out in the ancient church, because you know, we're 1,800 years later or however many from, from the ancient martyrs, and so you know you want to be careful with some comparisons but but yeah i mean the reality is is that the christian faith has been uh, persecuted horrifically throughout the centuries uh you know that's not often remembered because we have this concept of the ancient church martyrs which is really what what my book is about and then we have as the end of the book describes well constantine comes and he converts to christianity and and puts an end legally in the roman empire to martyrdom and then you get into the middle ages and so then the roman catholic church is predominant and you're thinking well there's no martyrs of that age maybe until the reformation but what's not being remembered here is that there were many many christians not in the roman empire in areas that we would call uh, iraq or iran central asia 
uh, under the Persian Empire, and then when Islam comes under under that. And so horrific uh, persecutions of Christians have happened in medieval history. Over when in Western Europe, you know, everything was it was the age of Christendom, but Christians in the eastern part of the world were being uh, put to death, and then you, you get into something like um, their eradication in China or in Japan or under Tamerlane, you know. So, so not to get into some global history lesson here, but but yes, the the fact is is that the Christian religion, and it is today in North Korea or under Islamic forces, is something that is continuously having to learn how do we uh, incorporate the suffering suffering of Christ in our own bodies. You know, as Paul says, to fill up in our bodies what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And the martyrs have had to learn to do that over the ages, uh, really in every period of history. Well, Dr. Litvin, thanks so much. We yeah. greatly enjoyed what you had to tell us. Very interesting. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Pleasure's Appreciate ours. Uh, Dr. Brian Litvin, his work is called Early Christian Martyr Stories, an Evangelical Introduction with New Translations. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, at the Spring House. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Spring House, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner. Grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken romano, Pearl's cheesy potatoes, buttered steamed green beans, reunion salad, your choice of a from scratch dessert, Bev's brown rolls, and pink lemonade. How's that sound for old fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on China as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Podish. Call 724 228 3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com for details. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. 1176. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. When you've got water, fire, or smoke, damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow man. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. 
Pittsburgh. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Rain mixed with a little sleet and wet snow the first thing this evening. Just rain the rest of tonight, low 33. Cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning, followed by snow showers in the afternoon, turning brisk and colder, high 36. Breezy and sharply colder tomorrow night. Clouds and a couple of snow showers, low 15. Flurries in the morning Friday, otherwise very cold with clouds and sun, high only 21. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. John, the moon, the stars, the candy, the flowers, the music, and talking to we morning hours. Oh, Rhonda, oh, Rhonda, this dizzying pace. There aren't words to describe what I see in your face. Will you love me forever? Oh, say you will. Oh, I will. Do you want to get married? Oh, I do. I, I do. Hey, John, you're a swab. Get your shoes off the chair. Ron, your clothing is lying in piles everywhere, and your hair. My hair? Yeah, your hair is a mess. Oh, well, your breath in the morning is the kiss of death. Where'd the music go, Rhonda? The merry-go-round. Our love boat's in danger of running aground. Remember our courtship, Ron? It wasn't by chance. What we did then, let's do now. Rekindle romance. Now I hear it again. There's the music. Let's, let's dance. dance. Love. It's more than a feeling. It's a choice husbands and wives make over and over again a message from focus on the family and this station hey marty simpson is with us word fm annual date night february 14th christ church at grove farm do not miss this marty's a very funny guy hey marty that's a that's a tough mantle to have as being a very funny guy isn't it yeah, it's not a lot of fun to be introduced as the funny guy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, Undue pressure. a burden, really, that you have to carry around. Mm-hmm. It's like, dance, dance, show pony. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you, do you ever say, I am not your circus dog? Do you ever say that to anybody? No. I, I mean, people are always like, oh, you're a comedian. Tell us a joke. You know, and I'm kind of like, oh, what do you do? You're a doctor. Write me a prescription. <laughs> you know, um, Oh, that's a good point. No, that's a good point. <laughs> we, we don't make everybody do their thing when we're talking to them, but no, we're no. making Marty do his thing. Right. We walk around with headphones all the time. Right. I'm always interviewing people, like in the <laughs> checkout line, wherever. Right. What do you got, lady? Right. What's going like, on, oh, you're a, radio, you're a radio guy. Can you record my voicemail for you? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Nobody Hi, does this that. Is W-N-O-K, Marty Simpson. <laughs> right. All right, Marty, I want, to hear, I want to hear about the first time you did a stand-up thing. Like, did you did you have a joke you told to somebody like Thanksgiving when you were nine or, you know, what was like when you look back your first act? You're talking about not the first time I held a microphone with a crowd in a comedy club, but like what what was the descendant like way back? Exactly. Like forefather of why it all happened. Okay, um, I think that it was probably going to be traced back to my brother won what would be called the Mr. Spring Valley pageant which was a mock like parody of Miss America pageant for our high school and parody of the Miss Spring Valley pageant where they played the piano, they sang, it was serious. And um, the Mr. Spring Valley pageant was mostly guys lip syncing Rolling Stone songs and, you know, wearing a shirt occasionally and running around on stage and not having any talent. Or anything. But my brother was super talented, played the piano and, and was just an awesome, talented person. And he dressed up like Dolly Parton and uh, wore a wig and then put balloons in his shirt to mm-hmm. represent accuracy for Dolly Parton. And then while he was playing the piano as Dolly Parton pretended to not be able to see the keys 
uh, over sure. the balloons with his hands and like messed up and then sang nine to five. And he won, got a standing ovation when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. And I thought, man, that's, that's kind of cool what he just did there. And so when I got into the ninth or 10th grade, I said, I want to be in the Mr. Spring Valley pageant because it was like 400 people leaping to their feet for my brother. And so I had seen Evening at the Improv. I don't know if that's dating me or y'all remember that show, oh, Evening sure. at the Improv. Yeah, yeah. But we saw, yeah, I saw a guy juggle and do some, uh, do a scarf dance, like, um, to some classical music. And I told my dad, I was like, I think I can do this. And so I, I quite literally plagiarized the entire thing and copied this guy's act, uh, letter for letter. And it's online. You can see it on my website. Kind of, you can go to my YouTube channel and scroll back in there. And uh, I won Mr. Sophomore and Mr. Grand Talent. And, um, uh, that was the first time I actually stood on a stage and told a joke or two. Wow. And I remember, um, the previous year, they asked questions at the pageant, you know, like, what, you know, and then some things got said that were inappropriate the previous year on those impromptu questions by other contestants. And so the principal made a rule that you had to uh, submit your, what your answer of the question was going to be ahead of time this year for my year. And so that was technically my very first joke writing because the question was, um, what is the wildest side of your personality? And so everybody was just saying, I'll surf, I do whatever, whatever. And I wrote uh, this answer was, it's not, it's not my top side or my bottom side or my left side or my right side. Um, and I'm not down by the wayside or by the riverside or by your bedside. Uh, it's not my north side or south side. But if you put all that aside, well, the answer to the question is I just couldn't decide. You know what? That's pretty good, so Mr. Sophomore. Was- yeah, it was. It, I, I was proud of it. <laughs> it was kind of silly, but uh, the, so that would be it. And then, I think being very sarcastic and and mean as a school teacher in Christian school was probably the other impetus for it all. Because the students begged me for nine years while I taught to do stand up comedy. Because I guess I just was that teacher that quit doing lesson plans after like a year or two, and uh, not knowing what I was going to teach when I was in the classroom, so I distracted them. Uh, by being funny, I think, is sort of what happened. <laughs> the quality Christian education you can trust from former teacher Marty Simpson. <laughs> uh, it's Word FM's that annual is... date night. It's a night of laughs at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Swickley, Friday, February 14th, featuring comedian Marty Simpson. Marty, we can't wait. See you soon. All right. I can't wait to see you guys. 101.5 WORD. The Bible says in this world you're guaranteed trouble, setbacks, heartaches, times of testing. And with that in mind, it's crucial to understand why trials happen and how they help you and how you can know true joy even in your darkest days. John MacArthur explains all of that and more in the study he calls Benefiting from Life's Trials this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. As an intentional parent, you're talking to your kid often, right? About what is good, what is true, what is right. It's always, you know, you're, you're a teacher. There are lessons before you in every facet of your life. Then when your kids reach a certain age, you talk about, at least we did in our family, about serving a higher purpose in your faith with Christ, in your community, with your friends, your family. What is your higher purpose? When we first went on campus at Grove City College, we saw firsthand the faculty, the staff, the students who were already there studying, that leaning forward, Mm -hmm. that intentionality 
of a higher purpose at Grove City College. Yeah, of doing your best, Yes, right? And if you have kids who want to learn what it means to do their best and offer their best in their work, in their personal life, you need to find a school that can deliver on that, right? So when they're asking the questions, you have a school who's got the answers. And that's what I love about Grove City. They're not going to give you this pat, you know, simple Christian answer. They're going to invite you into a path of scholarship, of discipleship, of community, and it could be exactly what you're looking for and what your kids are looking for. That's the conversation in the classroom, on the campus, all around Grove City College to be in a higher purpose. Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, Congregational Leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I've also had the joy of leading worship, especially Messianic Jewish worship, for many years. How would you like to go on a tour of Israel with me? We invite you to spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. You'll have time to hear teaching, worship, and pray at many significant locations throughout Israel, including some not on other tours. Early registration ends soon. To go to our website, rockofagesmjc.org, that's rockofagesmjc.org. MJC.org. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. To the ride home with John and Kathy on 101.5 WORD. In an episode of Seinfeld years ago, Jerry says to George, You know, when you wear sweatpants in public, it's a signal that you've given up. And that really is true. Now, yoga pants, that's an entirely different story. Lori Ferguson is with us. Lori's a freelance writer, a freelance writer, a graphic designer. She's written a piece, a covert a piece uh, on Christianity Today's site. It's called To the Christian Men and Women Debating Yoga Pants, Make Way for the Holy Spirit. Lori, welcome back to Word FM. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for being along. Lori, let's let's be honest. Just me and you. It's just the two of us. John, cover your... Okay. Have you worn yoga pants, Lori? I mean, I wear them all the time. What? Okay. At home. That's crazy. Just at okay. home. All right. Now, Lori, I have also worn yoga pants. Mm. Um, I have not. And yet the yoga I've done is minimal. Both, I have two daughters, 16 and 12, who are committed to yoga pants. Mm-hmm. I'm more my 12-year-old than my 16-year-old. Um, what is the big, how has this, how have these <laughs> pants sprung up to be such a topic of conversation? I don't know if it's the pants so much as it's just a discussion of modesty and modesty culture and the kind of the, I think really the pants are just the symptom of okay. the problem, which is the heart and for men and women. So um, I think it's, there's going to be this discussion in every culture, in every age for all of time. Um, what are the things that are revealing our hearts? Mm-hmm. So. Revealing this our hearts. happens to be what's revealing our heart today. Yeah, that's really good. So so yoga pants are the other side of the coin to sweatpants, are they not? Because sweatpants sort of show not a whole lot. Yoga pants, they include just about every inch and crevice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that. I, I mean, I wouldn't, in my mind, they're not the same thing at all. I know not at all. Comfortable, but, um, but yeah. 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 So this came up, the idea of Christian women wearing sweatpants, because of a, another article that basically was trying to shame women 
away from yoga pants. Is that like, true? I don't know. I'm really hesitant to use the word shame, okay. but uh, I, the, the primary blog that I think kind of sparked it this this time was just a woman saying, you know, I've talked to my husband about this, and um, and this is a decision that we've made in our home, and I think it was a challenge just to other women um, to just consider their brothers, and that just kind of just began a whole host of well, the blog world is just back and forth. Right. Um, so they're shaming happened as a result of it but i don't know that that was the original blog's purpose so we should consider our brothers right so the idea is that women should dress modestly because if you're in a coffee shop or you're somewhere near an la fitness what you're going to be uh, subject to as a guy is an unrelenting army of all shapes and sizes of women coming at you revealing themselves to you so you should lend a hand in the men who struggle. And so instead of the men themselves having the wherewithal or the courage or the chutzpah to turn away, then women themselves should just not wear the pants, which is patently ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, think, I think what we were trying to convey in the article is that this is a matter of, um, you know, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, make room for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So just... Um, whether you wear yoga pants or not, or whether you um, struggle with uh, looking at women in yoga pants or not, like the reality is we all need the Holy Spirit to be speaking to those parts of us and those kind of the, the brokenness of the world that we live in. And, um, and so I think our kind of effort was just to not shame and to just say, hey, let's, let's consider our brothers women, but also let's um, extend grace women and then also men just like we don't want to shame you for for struggling if you struggle but we also don't want to um uh we don't want to deny the way that you're wired right now my husband is a teacher um in a private school and he works with college students who regularly come in to do an internship or a student teacher gig or something like that, right? And one thing, you know, at the end of last year, one of his supervisors said, so if you were going to talk to some of the college students ahead of time, before you ever met them, and give them a couple pointers, before they even walked in the classroom, what would you tell them? And the number one thing he said is, leggings aren't pants, Okay. Now, here's this is an interesting situation because this is supposed to be a professional environment, right? Now, I understand if you've come from the gym and you're stopping off at Starbucks. And and so we can debate whether your pants are too tight or whether you can I mean, how hard is it to just wear a long sweatshirt? What's the big deal? Are you trying to get men to look at you? Okay, we can talk about those questions. But there's also the question of appropriateness and when you are supposed to be in a workplace. And I'm not saying this has happened with one person. I'm saying this is <laughs> This is an epidemic of people coming to, quote, work wearing yoga pants. That It's not helpful to anybody. Yeah, and I, I think that's partially that's just it's cultural. And so we just need to understand how do we live in the culture that we live in and um, be believers and let the Lord challenge us and um, – and have help that kind of reframe everything, not just what clothing we wear, but how we present ourselves, um, just even in the workplace, just as people, how do we, um, how are we communicating the gospel when we're running errands, all those things, just um, let's make sure that we're living in the world and existing alongside of it and not uh, making ourselves um, just total outliers, but at the same time, um, 
how do we should look different. We should look alien to the world in some ways. And so, yeah. Lori Ferguson is a freelance writer and a graphic designer living in Dallas, Texas. She has admittedly worn yoga pants. What? She co-wrote this article with Paul Maxwell, who's a Ph.D. student at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and we're hoping he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori, when you wrote this with Paul, was there anything that surprised you about how he looked at this issue? Yeah, well, I have seven brothers, so I grew up with boys, so it, it not too much of that surprised me. But <laughs> Nothing surprised you. I don't think any, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to surprise me too much, but it has been helpful for me to talk about these things with Paul because he is very sensitive to um, just shaming men as well. So we don't want to shame women um, who have bodies that are beautiful and feel confident in those bodies and um, don't feel the need to uh, wear burkas everywhere they go. But at the same time, we don't want to shame men for um, being wired in good and beautiful ways that the Lord created them to be wired in. And so um, so having these conversations with Paul has been really helpful for me and just kind of, um, man, I want to be so quick to judge them, and I don't want to be so quick to just be like, hey, just deal with it. This is the world we live in. Um, I want to I want to consider my brothers, and uh, so he's helped me kind of think through that. Yeah, but you do bring up a good point: uh, yoga and burkas, <laughs> because there's a lot of room for the Holy Spirit there. There is a lot of room. You think about that seriously? That's like convenient, really. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Hey, wait, Laura, oh, I digress here. But listen, you've become instantly my hero. I grew up with five sisters, but anybody who grew up with seven brothers. You're like a rock star. Yeah, up star. until this moment, Lori, John thought he was the most long-suffering of siblings. But yeah. I think you may have no, best, no. you may have bested him. I don't know. I still think he has it worse. Sisters? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I would, I would not envy. Uh, thank you. I still, I still take brothers. that. Yeah. Seven brothers is a cakewalk compared to five sisters. Are you kidding me? I would agree. Yeah, very good. Agree. Excellent. Hey, Lori, thanks for being with us. We appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a good pleasure. Uh, Lori Ferguson co-wrote a piece in Christianity Today. Uh, called uh, To the Christian Men and Woman Debating Yoga Pants, Make Way for the Holy Spirit. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? 
Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage. With the help from the pros at Salem Surround, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Every cup of Circle K coffee is ground in the moment. So, whether you're craving coffee now or now, you'll get the freshest cup in the world at Circle K. Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. People are like, you're a travel comedian. You leave your house 10 days a month. That's got to hurt your marriage. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. It's like, you know, my marriage, sometimes, pretty much all the time, Benefits from me leaving occasionally. A night to laugh as a couple at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sewickley. It's just math. I'm going to annoy her less if I'm not there. General admission, just $30. Amen, brother. At whatfm.com slash date night. Blind dating seems so quaint, doesn't it? It seems so 1960s, 1970s. Seems like an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yes. Stephanie Rishi is with us. Stephanie knows what it's like to be on the receiving end of matchmaking. She was set up by well-meaning matchmakers on nine blind dates, eight of which were royal flops. She chronicles those dates in their all their mortifying glory, along with how God revealed his grace along the way in her memoir, I Was Blind Dating. But now I see. She's here to talk to us about a piece that she wrote at the Hermeneutics blog at Christianity Today called Bring Back Blind Dating. Stephanie, welcome back. How are you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Our pleasure. Thank you. Okay. So did you like blind dating or did you hate blind dating? Let's be serious. I don't know if anybody likes blind dating. It's a hard spot to be in, um, but I live to tell the stories, so I think that's a success. Yeah. So well-meaning friends help to move this along for you. That's right. And, you know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting results, the same results, but... I went on one blind date that flopped and sure enough went on seven more after that. So what was I thinking? But I have to say I learned a lot about not only the guys but also myself in the process. So when you say blind date, was it a blind date for coffee or was it a full-blown dinner and whatever? What, are you talking about the prom? Like what? Well, you know, dinner and whatever. I mean, right? You go out and... Go to see uh, something at the museum well, you or think something that's like a, that. It's a bigger investment than. Of course it is, because you know the time spent. I mean, you might spend two, three, four hours on a blind date as opposed to fifteen minutes. You know, you sit down for a cup of coffee. You think I'm not really making it work here. I'm out the door. Okay. Right. That's Steph- right. Yeah. Usually the first one is coffee or something low key, yeah. so you can get to know the other person without spending a lot of money or a lot of time, mm-hmm. and just see if there's a reason to keep going forward. Yeah. And so most of those blind dates were those the the short term ones, yes. They they were yes, and you can tell a lot just over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who was setting who was setting you up on these dates? You know, I have to say I feel very loved because I had a lot of people who wanted to set me up, and even if the date was a royal flop, I did feel like wow, these people are going out of their way to um, 
think of someone for me. So it wasn't a complete failure, but it was everybody, people, coworkers, um, friends of my mom's, everybody. And you still and you still like these people. Yes, I. Okay. And in fact, before the book was published, I made sure all the matchmakers read it and okay. said, okayed it, but so the the relationship would stay intact. Yeah. So Stephanie, I, I admire what you did because you know the default today. Now, Kath and I are both married for for decades, but the default is the people are dating online, right? Match dot com, Christianmingle dot com, right. what have you. But you refuse to go that route. Can you tell us why? Right. And I had a a lot of friends who have done online dating and it worked for them. So I know that for some people it's right. But for me, it just felt like there's something about the online dating process that kind of dehumanizes the dating process in my mind. Um, You know, you're just surrounded by so many different potential matches. And there's this innate tendency that you feel like you need to filter out based on superficial things like what this person looks like or how what their profile picture is and um, for me it just felt like there was so much rejection involved um, either rejecting someone else based on superficial things or the potential for me to get rejected before this person even really got to know me Um, so I felt like for me it wasn't the right thing but I know that for some people it does work okay so you brought the word up you said dehumanizing now you start off your essay in the hermeneutics blog talking about a TV show which we knew nothing of called Married at First Sight. Please do tell us about this quickly. It sounds crazy, but it's a real thing. So it's a reality show where they have three couples that are matched by this panel of experts and, you know, based on their personality and various things about them, this panel of experts matches them and then they get married on their first meeting of each other and there's no dating process. It's married at first sight, just like the title says. That just sounds crazy. Now, well, that sounds like a train wreck. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm looking at this from Western eyes, and I know that I'm, I'm guessing um, maybe a majority of marriages that go on in the world are arranged, arranged in some way. Yeah, That's true. And I think there's just the idea that we have so many options is great, but it can also be a little bit paralyzing. You know, where do you even start to begin looking for someone? And it can also be a very individualistic approach to dating. You know, it used to be a lot more of a communal event where there are people involved in your dating life, but when it's on a computer, it becomes very isolated and just you and your friends and family aren't involved anymore. Right. Okay, so communal, in your piece, you go back to to the roots of matchmaking, which effectively were were sprung from the Jewish community, yes? That's right. Um, In the Orthodox Jewish community, traditionally and even today, there was a matchmaker who would be involved in helping put people together, and they might get a tip from someone else that, oh, maybe these people would be good. And they don't have to go through with the marriage, but they kind of start things off. And there's that community element where the friends and the family are all involved in that. And um, even though I'm not advocating for um, arranged marriages or um, that it has to be through matchmakers, but there's something about having other people involved in your relationships that's really powerful, especially in a Christian community. Okay, so it sounds like Mulan here, right, for a little bit. <laughs> uh, so what do you – so, and I see what you're saying. I, I get the, the 
care that the people in your life are showing you by introducing you to people. And that is wonderful. But what happens when the date is awful and it's your great aunt Fanny's favorite, you know, cousin's nephew? What do you say then? That's right. It's almost like you have to let two people down, right? Right. The person that you're going out with, you have to say no to him. And then you have to follow up with the matchmaker and say, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. So that is a really hard element of it. And um, it was hard every time it didn't work out. Um, And I think um, it was also a growing experience to say to this person that you're in a relationship with, hey, I so appreciate that you set me up, but it didn't work and I still care about you. Yeah. Okay, so eight out of nine dates were disasters, but then there was one good date. This is true. Now, by the time the last date came, I was already in my 30s, and I thought, you know, I've done this blind date route. It has not worked in the past. There's no reason to try this again. But the person who was asking was so earnest, and I just couldn't say no. So I called my friend and I said, you won't believe this. I'm going on another blind date, but you heard it from me. This is my last blind date ever. And it turned out it was, but for a different reason than I thought at the time. What happened? <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil too much of the the book, but the okay. last chapter is about my last blind date who turned out to be the guy I ended up marrying. Fabulous. Excellent. So a oh, I got to see it. Okay. So the name of the book, I Was Blind Dating, But Now I See. The author is Stephanie Rishi. Um, all the information about the book and about Steph, I've posted it right now on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with Johnny Cat. Thanks, Steph. Thanks so much. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Michael Medved for Town Hall. Big winners in the 2020 Academy Awards illustrated a possible reaction by Oscar voters to widespread criticism of white male domination of the nominations. In the end, the most prestigious non-acting awards left white males shut out. Parasite, a brutal dark comedy from Korea with no whites in the cast, swept Best Picture, Best International Film, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. In another surprise, Best Adapted Screenplay went to Jojo Rabbit and Taika Waititi, who identifies as Maori, the indigenous people of New Zealand. Such choices may silence angry accusations of lack of diversity, while the Parasite Sweep illustrates an odd tendency to honor films with modest domestic box office receipts. Hollywood elites seem determined to show they're neither racist nor mercenary, even at the expense of slighting more worthy artistic achievements. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com.